Fly vardagen en stund med GVS ljudböcker. Stenar och slagord flyger genom luften. Däck och bilar sätts i brand hör vi genom våra kontakter. Men det här är ju han. Cesar klappade Arturo på axeln. Vem han? Grinige byggaren från tv. Lyssna gratis på GVS ljudböcker. Finns hos Acast eller där du hittar dina poddar. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Kriminell. Tack alla som återigen har gayl. Eller ska jag säga också, om någon undrar vem fan det som pratar plötsligt. Tack till alla som köpte avsnitten av oss och prenumererade. Men som sagt så lägger vi ner det där nu. Och därför har vi bestämt att vi släpper upp dem utan kostnad. Yes, varsågoda! Och här kommer ett avsnitt från Los Angeles med... Joe. Uh, J-O-E. Joe. No last name. Oh, Surda. C-E-R-D-A. Surda. I downtown Los Angeles och träffar Joe Serda vars utseende lätt skulle kunna tas för att vara en parodi på alla filmers latinogubbar. Knappt 1,70 lång, hatt, svarta solbriller, tatueringar och skönt klassisk balrosmustasch. I grew up in the city of La Puente, you know, for me, I grew up in a, a, a very violent family, you know. At the age of nine, you know, I was already getting hit with extension cords and getting tied to the bed, you know, when mom would take off to work and she would untie me when she get got home. You know, at the age of five, I had been molested by my uncle, you know, so at that time I felt very uncomfortable, you know, in my own skin, you know, I grew up, you know, questioning, you know, myself, you know, as a man, you know, and didn't understand why I had been through, you know, all the tragedy I had been through in my life. Joe Sarda är 53 år men har fortfarande tydliga minnen från sin barndom som satt djupa spår. Våldet blev tidigt en vardag och från fem års ålder blev han ofta piskad och slagen av sin mamma. I ungefär samma ålder blev han också sexuellt utnyttjad av sin farbror. När han var nio år och mamma gick till jobbet spände hon först fast lille Joe i sängen där han sen fick ligga tills hon kom hem. Med en sån start i livet blev det självklart för Joe att rymma hemifrån 
och lika naturligt att inleda sin kriminella bana som biltjuv som nioåring. You know, at the age of nine, I started stealing cars, and 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 for me, it wasn't so much about wanting to steal them to sell them or to sell the parts or anything like that. You know, I sold them because I loved the power that it gave me when I was behind the wheel. You know, at a very early age, I started burglarizing houses, and for me, for the most part, you know, I never really stole anything from the house. You know, I would just go in there and I would give myself something to eat, and then I would sit down and I would watch TV. So for those eight hours, well, then people were at work. I had a safe environment that I was in, and and I could, you know, kick back and enjoy myself until they got home from work. And usually, what happened when they would drive up in the driveway, I would, you know, I'd run out the back door and <laughs> jump the fence, and I was gone. För att någon gång och någonstans hitta lite lugn och ro började Joe göra inbrott hos folk som han visste var på jobbet och därför hade ett gäng timmar för sig själv i deras hem. Men som vanligt är det sällan det goda som varar någon längre tid. Joe åkte fast och skickade sedan runt mellan olika typer av placeringar då mamman i rätten hade avsagt sig allt vidare ansvar för sin son. You know, I ended up going to a to placement, and, and the way I got there is I had got arrested for burglary, and my mother had went to the court, and she told the judge that she didn't want anything to do with me, that she didn't want me in her home, and, and, and that she just didn't want me. So I went to a placement for, as an incorrigible, and from placement I ended up in a state mental facility because they couldn't understand why I was so young and getting in um, in so much trouble. You know, so from there I went to uh, county camps, from county camps I went to uh, the California Youth Authority and from Youth Authority I made it a prison and made it to mostly every maximum security prison in the state of California. Och utan vare sig familj eller hem sökte sig en nio år ung Joe som så många andra med liknande bakgrund till det lokala latinogänget La Puente från San Gabriel Valley i östra Los Angeles. I joined a gang at nine years old, you know, because for me, it gave me a place to go to, you know, because being that I wasn't wanted, you know, at home and, and, and all the violence that was going on in my household, I wanted to be anywhere but home, you know. So I started, you know, going to to the neighborhood right there where I lived at, and I, I hung around with all the homies and stuff, and, you know, I did what I did, you know, to survive. But being in a gang at the age of nine years What did you do there in the gang? I mean, how did they treat you? Well, for me, it was acceptance because everybody accepted me, you know, and and, and they and they took me in, and it, and it was like family, you know. Although, you know, we did a lot of shootings and, and fighting with other gangs and stuff like that, but it gave me a place, you know, where where I belonged, you know, where I was accepted. And so I stood in that gang all the way until my late forties. You know, I had become very, you know, dedicated, you know. To, to the gang and, and, and to all the activities, you know, that were involved, you know, in, in, in gang activity. And what, did, what was your role when you have been there for so many years? I mean, is it like you climbed? Yeah, well, I, I climbed up the ladders. Well, I did a lot of time in prison, you know, for the majority of my life, you know. I was in prison, I was well known, you know, from, you know, from, from being in prison and, you know, in, in the things I did in prison and stuff. So, you know, I had a lot of respect, you know, from a lot of people. You know, from my gang. När jag frågar Joe har han lätt för att minnas vad han själv blivit utsatt för. Men svårare att minnas vad han genom åren utsatt andra för. Och här snackar vi om många år. Nästan 45 år har Joe varit gängmedlem. Och vi funkar då inom gänget. Har alla olika positioner och uppgift. Och hade han någon användning för sin kunskap att sno bilar. 
No, no. Back back in that time, it was basically just shootings and just, you know, jumping other people from other gangs or, you know, getting in piss fights with other gangs and stuff like that. You know, there was no, you know, stealing cars or anything like that. I primarily did that on my own because, like I said, I liked the power that it gave me when I was behind the wheel. When you're thinking back on the days, what's the worst thing you did there? From that time. Well, for me, it was just, you know, stabbing people. You know, I did a lot of things that, that I regretted later on in life because, you know, as I got older, you know, I despised the very thing that I became. You know, I I became violent. You know, I became a product of, you know, of what I, how I had been raised. What's the hardest thing living like a life like that? Well, the hardest thing is surviving. You know, a lot of times, you know, like I mentioned, I'd been to mostly every maximum security prison in the state of California, and very few individuals leave those prisons without being stabbed, without being shot, or something you're happening. You know, I uh, I managed to, you know, to survive and, and, and stay above the water in, in all those situations, you know, that I was in. When you're thinking back, what, uh, what could have changed the way of life you lived? Well, the way I was raised, basically, the way I was raised, you know, could have made a, made a big difference. You know, I, I really don't know. You know, the only thing I know is that, you know, I did what I did, you know, to survive, you know, in the environment that I lived in. Uh, for me, that I have no idea. How, <laughs> can you describe the life in a gang? Well, you live, you live in an environment where, where people are constantly testing you to see if you're going to fight or to see if you're going to defend yourself. So when you're put in situations like that, you have to react and you have to defend yourself because if not, you're the one that's going to end up getting hurt. And, you know, being what I've been through, you know, as a child, you know, one of the things that I vowed to myself is that I would never become anybody's victim. So the moment that I, you know, I felt that there was any danger or the moment that I thought that, you know, like somebody was trying to take advantage of me, you know, I jumped on them and I jumped in really quick. You know, we have the 10-second rule. You know, if I wait more than 10 seconds for you to make a decision, then you know what I mean? Then you're going to end up, you know, stabbing me or, or, or hurting me. So I have 10 seconds to react to whatever it is that I think I need to do at that time. Are there any other rules to live after? No, it's just being dedicated, you know, dedicated to yourself and to being dedicated to the gang, you know, that you're from. You know, there's loyalty within the gang. You know, there's loyalty, you know, to the people that you're surrounded with. How about that? Because everyone is talking about this loyalty thing, how important it is. And uh, how would you say, how would you describe it? Is it like brothers or...? or yes, it's like, a, it's, like, it's like a brotherhood. You know, you, you're raised in, a, in an environment where there's no role models, and, you know, and never being raised with a father and stuff like that. These were like, like, like my role models, you know, and, and I was loyal to them. And I was loyal, to, you know, to the gang I was from because I knew, you know, that they would be loyal to me. Well, in, in the beginning, you know, of being in the gang, you prove yourself. You know, you go out there and you, you, you either shoot somebody from another gang or, you know, you do whatever you have to do to prove to people that you that you belong, that you're a part of, you know, the gang that you're in. You know, so after already proving your point to everybody else in the gang, you know, you more or less do whatever you want from there on. So from there in. How has the gang culture Changed oh, the gang, the, the gang culture changed a lot because um, today in the gangs you have a lot of you know a lot of gang violence. 
you know, a lot of today in the gangs, there's no respect. You know, back in the days, you know, if you were older or, or you know, the, the younger generation would give you that respect. And so now there's absolutely no respect whatsoever. So it's basically like every man for themselves. You know, everybody's just trying to survive. Everybody's just trying, you know, to, to, to live, you know, in the environment that they're in. How was it to be in a gang when you were young? And how was it to be in a gang when you were getting older? Well, when I was younger, there was a, a, a there was the amount of respect yeah, that was I mean. given to you. Today, there's no respect. Today, you could do whatever you, it is that you do to in that gang, and still, they're still not going to give you that respect, or they're still not going to respect you. You know, you're still going to have somebody that's going to come and challenge you, you know, or push you back against the wall and see how you're going to react to whatever it is, you know, that 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 you know that they're trying to make a point of. Precis som hos de flesta gäng fanns hos La Puente ett måste och en tradition. För att kunna bli en i gänget var Lille Joe, nio år, först tvungen att genomgå ett test för att bevisa att hans hjärta, inställning och vilja var de rätta. Han ställdes mot sina blivande så kallade bröder. Uppställda på rad skulle han ta sig förbi dem från en sida till en annan och under tiden slåss och försvara sig så mycket han orka mot så många som möjligt i 60 sekunder. Back then we got jumped in. You got jumped by five guys. You know, you stood in a circle and, and you fought with all five guys. And, you know, you didn't lay down or you didn't curl up. You know, you stood up and you fought everybody, you know, for um, 60 seconds. So that's the way it was back then. But not for you as a nine-year-old, I guess. Yeah, see, for me as a nine-year-old, that's what I did. They made a line like this, and you would go to the line, and everybody would just be, you'd be fighting with everybody, and you had to make it to the end of the, of the line, you know, and as you made it, then everybody congratulated, and they welcomed you, you know, into the game. How was that? Oh, it was gruesome, but, you know, at the end of the, at the end, you know, it's victory, you know, because you survived it and you made it through. How common is it that a gang member is a gang member for so many years that you've been? It's very common. It's very common because you grow up in that neighborhood, you grow up in that city. So for a lot of us, because we don't have the financial means, we live there for, you know, for our whole lives and, you know, our children grow up, you know, in, in that same neighborhood because poverty keeps us there. How does it work? I mean, is it like a boss and then is it under bosses or how does it work? No, it's just like, you know, there's no boss. There's really no, no actual anybody, you know, a boss over anybody. You know, we, we do have individuals, you know, that are, you know, that we look up to, you know, that we go to advice for, see, for us older guys, you know, but there's no, there's no one ringleader that leads the, the whole gang. 
Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, it's not that it's worth it because it's very worth it when you join the game because the simple fact is that, you know, you get the acceptance that you don't get in society. You know, in society, you know, it's like, you, you know, you know, you're not offered jobs. You know, jobs are very hard to get. You know, the, you know, the country is built to keep you in poverty, to keep you poor. So, you know, being in the gang, you know, we help each other out. You know, we build each other up and stuff. So you, that's one of the biggest things why a lot of people join, you know, because of the fact being is that it's the protection that the gang gives you, you know, and the thing that you're not going to get, you know, in, in, in society. We hear about, sometimes in Sweden, you hear about all these drive-by shootings. Oh, yeah, there's a bunch of drive-by shootings, much more now, you know, than there is before, because if somebody comes and they shoot, like, a gang member from your gang and stuff, well, they're going to come by and they're going to shoot anybody that's, you know, that's around, you know, in your area where you live, because they know right away of which gang shot at what gang. So, you know, it goes back and forth, back and forth. How many gang battles have you been... Oh, I've been through a lot. I've been through a lot. I couldn't even tell you how many. You, you don't count them. <laughs> Is it mostly guns or, or knives? Well, back in my times, it was mostly knives and stuff, but now it's all guns. You know, you got AK-47s, you got, you know, you got a lot of, you know, uh, hardcore artilleries, you know, that, that you didn't have back in the days that you have now. And what is it that uh, you're fighting about? Is it like corners or is it drug selling? Sometimes it's corners, sometimes it's just retaliation, sometimes it's over, you know, having to want, you know, power over that, 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 that section, for, you know, to sell drugs or whatever it is, There's, it varies, it's, it's always different and it's very personal. I was just, from one day to another, just trying to survive. I åren fick Joe en son som växte upp i gängmiljön och tidigt såg upp till pappa som idol och förebild. När han var 15-16 år gjorde han som pappa Joe och gick med i gänget och blev medlem i La Puente. Well, because the reason being is that you grow up in the gang and then other gang members know you and you become really known. And then your sons idolize you and they want to become like you. So they end up, you know, doing the same thing that you did. I was very... Uh, sad about it because of the fact being that when you're young you don't realize the consequences you know of joining the gang you don't know you're not really aware of what goes you know of what goes along with being you know being a gang member so with that the only thing I could do is just warn them and let them know you know well this is the sacrifices that you have to make what what are the big sacrifices you do well the sacrifices of you know going to prison all the time You know, always end up back in prison and, 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 you know, hurting yourself and others. You know, and, I, and a lot of times it's not so much what you do to go to prison, but it's the thing you do when you, you get into prison. 
Because in prison, it's, a, it's another, you know, it's a whole different ball game. How do you mean? Because in prison, it's broken up in, in, in races. You know, like the blacks run with the blacks, the whites run with the whites, the Asians run with the Asians, and the Mexicans run with the Mexicans. You know, so there's no fighting or anything like that inside the prison system. You know, they're just stabbing each other. You know, if, you, if somebody disrespects you or somebody gets angry with you, you stab each other. You don't sit there and fight because you're not going to take the chance of the guy that has the gun up there on the tower shooting you over a black eye. Are there any rules that are like different from streets? I mean, when you come in, when you get to prison, are there any unwritten laws? No. To follow? No. So if I'm white, I can go by blackies? No. <laughs> that's one rule. Yeah, that's one rule. You <laughs> stick with your own kind. If you're white, you stick with the whites. If you're black, you stick with the blacks. You know, you're not allowed to eat about another black person. You're not to accept anything from a black person. You're not to be able to do any kind of transactions with another black person. You're not allowed to step in their area, and you're not allowed to step in your area because every race has their own section of where they hang out, and no no other race is allowed to go into that, to that section without permission. What do you think about that? Well, I think it's very good because it keeps everybody safe. Because if a black guy comes into your section, you don't know what his intentions are. You don't know if he's going to try to stab one, one, one of your people or something like that. So it keeps everybody safe and it keeps everybody but, on the but, but when you get into prison, if you want to be on your own, you don't want to mix up with anyone. Is that possible? It's possible, but it, it, it's not very smart. Because the reason being, if somebody retaliates against you and other gang and stuff, you have nobody backing you up. You know, you, you have no protection, in other words. Well, in the state of California, um, Pelican Bay is a maximum security prison in the state of California. It's like the end of the line. And in there, you're, you're locked down in the cell 23 hours and a half a day. You're let out for a half an hour to go into another yard, what they call a yard or another cage that's just a little bigger than your cell. And the only thing you can do is walk around, you know, in that cage for a half an hour. You know, and you live like that every day. All your meals are brought to your cell. You know, you eat all your meals inside the cell. You don't leave that cell without being handcuffed, you know, from your waist all the, all the way down to your feet. How long did you live like that? For, I was in there for like um, two and a half years. How does it affect you? Well, it affected me in a lot of ways because of the fact being is that, you know, it kills your self-esteem. You know, you come out here in society and, and, you know, the funny thing about that is that, like, every day the psychiatrist comes by and he asks you if you know what day it is, who's the president of the United States, you know, and um, do you know what time of the day it is? Because you're practically in the dark. In, in the bottom of, of these cells and it's like basically underground so they already know that, that it affects you mentally and basically what they do is like when your release date comes up you're put, you're put back into society and asked you know not to commit no more sin Under tiden han satt förhoppningsvis sitt sista straff började Joe känna sig gammal, mätt och trött på gänglivet. Funderade han på alternativ och sätt att styra upp livet på. Men det fanns en hel del andra saker han också behövde lära och vänja sig vid. Saker som de flesta av oss andra tar för givna. 
And for me, it was like like I hadn't heard a baby cry in a long time. I hadn't seen children play. I hadn't seen women in a long time. I didn't know what it was like to see the stars, to see the moon, or to breathe the fresh air. You know, the nightly air that that, that you know that that changes. You know, when when the nighttime comes. So you learn to um, you learn to uh, to appreciate all that when you get out. But at the same time, you get out lost because no longer are the meals coming to yourself. You know, no longer you know are is everything you know brought to you. What would you say is the hardest now when you left the gang life and the prison life? Hopefully. The hardest thing is trying to integrate back into society because you lived in an environment where you're not really allowed to, you know, to to integrate with other races other than your own race. So then for so for a long time, you know, you have that thing, you know, like if you're talking to another race, you know, you feel that 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 tension. You know that that you would feel if you were doing it, you know, inside the prison environment. You also, you know, walk around very paranoid because you don't know if somebody's trying to stab you or stuff like that. Because inside those prisons, you know, when you're walking, you're very cautious about who's around you because you never know if somebody's going to try to jump you or if somebody's going to try to stab you. You know, so there, you know, and also, you know, like like when the gunners shoot the gun, you know, and, and something happens, and if you're standing up, you're going to get shot too so your first instinct is when you hear a loud noise or you hear a boom is you lay on the floor because that's what you're instructed to do so when you get out here in society and you hear a loud noise your only reaction is to lay down in the floor you know so you go through a lot of trauma and, and, and a lot of mental disorder you know once you're placed back into society because now you're placed on your own And it's very hard to get a job because nobody wants to hire you. Nobody wants to do anything to you because just by the way you carry yourself and your demeanor, they can tell that you've been to prison. Do you have any such examples where you have been formed by the prison life now when you're trying to live like an ordinary man? Well, it's the simplest things that's going into the market. You know, going into the market, you have the various things to choose from that you can pick and you can buy. You know, inside prison, you don't buy anything. You don't go shopping. You're not around a lot of people. You know, everything is brought to yourself. So when you come out and and you go into a store, you don't know what to get. You don't know what to buy because you didn't have a choice to do anything. All your choices were made for you, you know. And, and also, even talking to a female, it seems you know like you're very shy. You're very withdrawn because you hadn't interacted with a female in a long time or for for a lot of years. So that fear, you know, of you know of the unknown is there because you hadn't known it for a long time. The fear of you know walking down the street and you have other people walking around. Around you, you know, because you're constantly paranoid that something's going to happen, or you know, or or, or or stuff like that. When you see a police officer right away, you know, you feel less than because you know, for all these years that you've been in prison, they've been telling you that you're never going to mount to nothing, that you're nobody, and you know, you're treated as lower class. So when you've been living that lifestyle for your whole life and you come out here in a free society and you're trying to better your life, it's very hard because these are the demons that you're fighting against. Joes son har nu också lämnat gänget, trött på fängelser, skottlossningar och allmän stress. You know, so that's when I, I came here to Homeboy Industries because I wanted to change all that. I wanted to turn that all around. What made you want to change that? 
for being that I was just tired of living the way I was living. You know, I wasn't really like made to be hurting people and doing all the things that I was doing. You know, I, you know, I became what I became, and 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 I just wanted to change all that. Are there any things that you can sometimes miss from the gang life? Oh, the camaraderie, you know, the friends that you, the friendships that you build, you know, in the gang and stuff. So yeah, that's what you know you miss the most. När Joe var aktiv och levde med våldet på gatorna hade han bara en dröm. Att klara sig och överleva dag för dag. Men idag, hur ser hans dröm ut nu? I want to jump out of a plane. <laughs> parachute. Oh. Yeah, parachute. Yeah. That's a that's dream. What, that's a dream. How come? Because of the freedom that it feels of just being in the air and, and you know, and just, you know, like, like, like nothing can harm you. Like nothing, you know, can get in your way. I really hope that dream will come true for you. Good luck. Thank you. Okay, with thank you so much. Thank you for your time. Okay, you're welcome. <laughs> Missa inte mötet med Hector, även han med många års erfarenhet som gängmedlem, men som idag driver Homeboy Industry, en avhopparhjälporganisation i Los Angeles som genom åren hjälpt och stöttat tusentals för detta gängmedlemmar. So, like really we say in the beginning we said at Homeboy Industries no hanging, slanging or banging. Like you can't come over here and gangbang. You know what I mean? We just say, look, we're not a job. We're a program. And the program is to help you because you want help. Because I didn't go and get you from your gang, right? No. You walked in. Because why? Well, because I want a job. We're not a job. We, we want to help people. Okay, well, I want your help. Well, good. Because I want to help you. Are you gangbanging? Well, yeah. Well, then I can't help you. Let me know when you want to stop gangbanging. Then I could help you. Because you make the choice to stop. So let me know when you're, oh, I, hey, dog, I ain't going to stop gangbanging. Oh, cool. That's cool. I'm not telling you. I think that, you know, that that's going to lead you to death. As you know, you're going to go back to prison. You know, you're going to get shot again. You know, this time you might not make it. But if that's what you choose, then go do it. You're in the wrong place because you're not going to gangbang right here. Or it could be, yeah, I just want to change, homie. You know, I gangbang, but I don't want to gangbang no more. I want to change. Cool. I could work with that. You know, you can't bring your hats, no gang affiliation in this place. I want to help you. You got to be willing for us to help you. So then they have to make a choice. And if they choose to come with us, then we bring them into the program. It's on you. It's not on me. You know, I gangbang, but I want to come here. Yeah, sorry, dog. I don't want no gangbanging here. Tack, du som lyssnar. Och därmed också bidrar till fortsatt jobb med flera avsnitt. Har det bäst. Bobo. Okay. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Fly vardagen en stund med GVS-ljudböcker. Stenar och slagord flyger genom luften. Däck och bilar sätts i brand, hör vi genom våra kontakter. Men det här är ju han. Cesar klappade Arturo på axeln. Vem han? Grinige byggaren från tv. Lyssna gratis på GVS-ljudböcker. Finns hos Acast eller där du hittar dina poddar.